This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. They're here. Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll feature Peter Cohen. We'll be talking about whether Apple wants to give up on professional users. We'll also hear from Joe Wilcox of Beta News. What does Apple have to be thankful for on Thanksgiving? And more on the Tech Night Out Live. We have outspoken pundit Peter Cohen joining us, and he puts the O in outspoken. Is that correct, sir? (laughs) Sure. There are other words we wanted to use that we were sharing before the episode, but of course, this is a commercial radio show on a commercial radio network governed by the FCC. I, I guess that's Gene's reminder to me not to work blue. That's right. And nowadays, of course, we have to work red because of the recent elections. Ba-boom. <laughs> but a bumps. Anyway, published report. Always worry about those. But it quotes Jason Snell, former editor from Macworld. Currently, he's at something called SixColors.com, where he's suggesting that Sir Jonathan Ive has not been actively involved in designing Apple gear of late, he's mostly been focused on the spaceship campus and other projects. And I guess he's therefore is the spokesperson where the products are designed. He films the videos explaining the design philosophy and mispronouncing aluminum. So what do you think? What's your take on that? Well, we've been hearing rumors for a couple of years that Johnny Ive's involvement in Apple was being modified, that that Ive himself didn't necessarily want to be involved in in day-to-day operations as much as he had been, you know, under Steve Jobs or in the the years since then. You know, Ive, of course, has a family and lives uh, far away from from Apple. If I remember correctly, he has a house in, in the UK where he's from. I think it, it makes sense in, in some respects that, you know, over time we're seeing his influence less and less in the company. The other thing is, I, you know, he's been there for a couple of decades. He has lieutenants. He has, you know, a, a large staff of people whom he trusts implicitly who are able to design products, I'm sure, that are up to his expectations without his direct involvement. So I don't think that this is necessarily indicative of a sea change within Apple. And also it's it's worth noting that that you know this is strictly rumor. This is nothing confirmed by Apple that that Ive is scaling back his uh, his day-to-day um, activity. As so, if uh, they would admit that. As if they would admit that. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Ive is one of their highest profile executives by far. Um, and Ive is uh, synonymous with Apple design. It would make sense that Apple would want to keep this on the down low, as they say. Well, it's always possible, I suppose, that even if he doesn't do the work directly, they submit final versions of new products to get his input. 
Of course. Absolutely. I think that that's uh, definitely the case here for sure. But would it make a difference? I mean, obviously, if he is given final say on the products, maybe it wouldn't. He might say, well, I would have made this smoother. I would have made this, that or the other thing. So who is to know? And as you say, if he's got this team of lieutenants who knows how he's been doing it for the past 20 years or so, very likely they'd come pretty close to doing what he wants anyway. True enough. So we don't know. There you go. Just a story. It could be possible. It could be possible lots of things in Apple because they never tell us. They don't tell us, for example, whether or not the published report that the division that was designing the airport routers, not using airport and Apple gear, but the actual routers, that's no longer there. Those people are working in other divisions of the company. The story was broken by Mark Gurman, formerly of 9to5Mac, who's now writing for Bloomberg. Um, so Mark's sources at Apple are, are excellent. I have no reason to dispute the veracity of what he's reporting. And this is causing a lot of, I guess you could call it, storm and drong in the, the Apple ecosystem. I think people are, are very concerned about what this means going forward. Yeah, I'd like to see what is involved there. Now, it may well be that people just don't buy airports anymore. Remember that a lot of ISPs give you a router or rent you a router as part of setting up service. And those well, routers anecd- aren't bad. Anecdotally, as we've talked about before, Gene, I, I used to work at an Apple-authorized um, sales and service provider. So I've got some frontline insight here that may be worth considering. I know that we when I was working at, at the company that, that, that I did, I, I left there earlier this year, we certainly sold, uh, had a fairly actually steady trade in, in airport routers. Now, there are three devices on the market right now. There's the Airport Express, which is um, the oldest of, of all of the devices. That thing hasn't been refreshed since 2012. There is the Airport Extreme. And then there's the time capsule, which is basically nothing more than an airport extreme with a built-in hard disk drive that can operate as a time machine backup for any Macs that are on the network. There are a few things to consider here. First of all, the time capsule specifically is a very Mac-specific product because uh, Time Machine is a, a function that's built into Mac OS. It's not something that's exposed in um, in iOS. So if you're just buying an iPhone or if you just have an iPad, there's no need for you to get a time capsule. That makes it a niche product right there. Secondly, Apple's networking products are not good values compared to other companies' products. They, you know, the, the 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 time capsule starts at two ninety nine. The uh, the Airport Extreme starts at ninety or one hundred ninety nine dollars, and you know the Airport Extreme is is obviously less expensive than that, but. These are pricey devices compared to a Netlink uh, device, or as you point out, Gene, if if you were um, uh, renting an, a uh, a router from your ISP, uh, it it may not uh, be worth your money to do. So we did a steady trade in them, but they weren't like top sellers. But 
inevitably, you know, a customer would come in every day looking for one, and, and we were happy to sell them to them. So it is a revenue stream. I just don't think it's as big a revenue stream um, or a big enough revenue stream for Apple really to bother with. But yeah, according to Gurman's report, Apple has disbanded the division or the engineering group that was responsible for making those devices, um, and those engineers have been reassigned to other products. So it's very unlikely that we'll ever see another airport-branded peripheral, at least until Apple decides that there's a market for it. Another thing to consider is that many companies, including Google, have kind of reinvented the home networking space with what are called mesh networking devices. Now, mesh networking devices comprise um, small uh, groups of inexpensive routers that work together to create a mesh network uh, that can offer much more comprehensive coverage than any single single device that's just hooked up uh, to your network can do. So, uh, you know, one of the consistent problems with um, getting an airport extreme or uh, any kind of singular network router is that you will get dead zones. You will get places in your house where you just can't get a signal. That's why one reason uh, that Apple has sold the airport express because it can amplify and uh, boost your network in, in weak parts of the house. The problem is that the Airport Express is 802.11n, so it um, only operates on older, slower network frequencies compared to the Airport Extreme. So, you know, for a lot of these reasons, I think that we've been sort of waiting to see what Apple's going to do, and Apple's decided that it just isn't worth it anymore. Now, just to point out here, the scheme he's talking about, like Google and some other companies, is like a mesh network where you have several routers distributed around the house, for example, providing a more stronger signal, especially in areas where you have so-called dead zones. Now, I live in a somewhat smaller home here, so one router is more than enough for me. But I can see where, for a lot of people, that's difficult. I remember a few years ago, I was trying to set up a network in somebody's really large home because they had a really large amount of money. Let me go I'm Gene Steinberg. He's Peter Cohen. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com.
Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and negative articles can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? ReputationDefender.com can help protect your good name. Get a free consultation now. Call 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from ReputationDefender.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com today. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Before we get back to Peter Cohen and talking about Apple and the apparent decision to disband the division engineering the routers like the Airport Extreme, we have a special feature of the show, the number one way for you to support us. It's called Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com. 
And what we offer there is a commercial-free version of the show for a modest subscription rate starting at just $4.99 a month. It's like a what $1.20 per show. Plus.technightout.com. We've got Peter Cohen with us, and we were talking about Apple's airport. And as he points out here, the single router may not be the best solution. I know there are some pretty expensive routers out there with like eight antennas or four antennas that supposedly use brute force to get around this problem, which means you only install one thing as opposed to three or four. Does that solution work? In many cases, yeah, I think that, and I think that that, that that's uh, that, that this kind of goes into many of the reasons why Apple may have uh, decided that, that this was no longer worth pursuing. One of the big strengths of airport devices has always been um, their manageability from uh, the Mac and iOS perspective. If you've got a, a Mac or if you've got an iOS device, you can download an app or find it in your utilities folder that enables you to manage your airport devices um, with with very little issues uh, involved. You know, they're native apps that run on your device that uh, enables you to, to set up and, and, and modify your network settings. For a very long time, doing that on the Mac, for, for some reason, was a lot more difficult than it should have been. But, you know, d- developers uh, of, of these devices have gotten much better over the years about platform agnostic support. So uh, just about every networking device that you buy now has some kind of typically web-based uh, management interface that lets you uh, set it up and, and use. The thing I wanted to mention there just before you go on, the ease of use of some of these is actually fairly decent. You plug it in, you turn it on, it brings up the browser interface, it launches the browser interface, and there's a standard setup you can go through where they actually pick a pretty strong password for you, and you can name your network, and you can do it in two or three minutes, and I'd say 95% of the people setting it up don't get into the weeds and do anything else. You just set it up, you log in, and you're done. Exactly, exactly. Most people are just looking for set and forget uh, networking capabilities. Very few people roll out their sleeves and get into the nitty gritty of signal shaping or setting up DMZs or other stuff that maybe more technically minded people are interested in investing time into doing. You know, at this point, Wi Fi connectivity, ubiquitous Wi-Fi connectivity is something that we all kind of take for granted and expect and really want to invest a lot of time or effort um, to get working. So, you know, unfortunately, that that, that leaves uh, one of the big strengths of Apple's airport products by the wayside. No longer a need. And that's always a big thing. If Apple can't make a difference, a really big difference in a product category, and I was mentioning before this large home where I had to set up a couple of airports in order to get a decent signal. And, you know, it wasn't that bad to set up. wasn't too automatic either. I had to do a little testing. But I got to work. The current mesh routers that some people are talking about. The other issue, of course, is if your ISP gives you a router, the person who sets up your Internet service, assuming you're not installing it yourself, that person will set it up. And some of these routers will have a little sticker at the bottom where they have the password. This is true with CenturyLink, for example, and others. And, of course, I have to worry if somebody gets a hold of your router before you see it. But then, you know, let's not get paranoid here. The point is here, the passwords they select are pretty darn secure. And assuming they're not duplicated, 
that each unit has a unique password, it's okay. That was the issue that the airport tackled at the beginning to make it easy to set up because the router, as you know, somebody who worked in a dealership, the router was often one of the most difficult products for people to configure. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a very good point, Gene. People don't understand how networking works. They don't understand why their devices have dead zones. They um, typically, you know, will will try to do some troubleshooting themselves, but quite often run into problems uh, very quickly and get really overwhelmed. And, you know, unless this is your business, most people don't want to deal with that stuff. And Apple solved the problem. This is true with Macs. It's true with iPhones, iPads. Yes, Windows computers are easier to use, but they're still not easy after all these years. No, so, you're right. Yeah, And the same is true if you've ever used an Android phone. Google is still thinks it's Microsoft when designing products, interfaces for their operating system. So the iPhone's still easier to use, more seamless, and Apple's integration and all that. In any case, I see the reason why the airport is probably going away. It's no longer really an essential product. And there you go. Yeah, I mean, Apple was a uh, key developer of Wi-Fi technology. You know, uh, Apple uh, computers, Macs, um, had Wi-Fi in them before Wi-Fi was as widespread as it is now. So uh, Apple has led the way when it comes to getting Wi-Fi into its products. But the interesting thing is that Apple hasn't necessarily maintained its lead over the years. Uh, you know, the 802.11ac um, versions of the Airport Extreme and the Time Capsule were pretty late to market compared to other people's routers. And there have certainly been um, a number of innovations in uh, home networking in the past couple of years, like mesh networking, which we talked about a little bit before, which Apple simply has has not invested any time uh, or effort in developing. So th- this is, is just clearly not a key business area for Apple to be in right now. Can the same thing be said about displays? Apple had one display for a number of years, the Thunderbolt display. And when everything was moving over to 4K and 5K, Apple didn't jump into it. But supposedly here, LG supplied the panels for Apple's products, many of them. And they worked with LG, as they said at the recent Apple Mac Media event, to design a new set of displays, 4 and 5K. And this is the successor to Thunderbolt. Yeah, it's unfortunate because uh, Apple branded displays, uh, again, were never a big seller for us at the store, but were very popular with a very specific niche of people who were buying Mac Pros, first of all, um, who were buying Apple laptops and wanted a well-integrated Apple branded solution that, that just did what they wanted it to do and nothing more, nothing less. Um, and, you know, the, the, I think that a lot of us had the expectation that Apple eventually was going uh, to refresh that Thunderbolt display with a Thunderbolt 2 display or a Thunderbolt 3 display, but that never happened. Um, so earlier this year, Apple announced that it it uh, was pulling up stakes from the display market altogether after it had already discontinued uh, the Thunderbolt display. And now Apple recommends LG displays. We'll talk about LG displays and other things Apple may be getting away from in a moment with Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. You 
are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. You know about RVs, you've heard about bunkers, but surviving is not recreation. And man wasn't made to live underground. Introducing Survivalist Camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid survival bug-out house that's mobile, well-equipped, and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Go to survivalistcamps.com to learn more. That's survivalistcamps.com, providing your basic needs to survive. Survivalistcamps.com. How confident are you in your food storage? If it was all you had to rely on, would it sustain your family? Hard times, good times, or any time, Numana Storable Food is the proven superior choice. Learn for yourself what happened when one man ate only Numana Storable Food for an entire month. Online at PowerPrepper.com. That's PowerPrepper.com. Experience the Numana difference. America-made food storage. I love to eat. Yum! Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Injury Help Desk is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention heartburn drug users. If you or a loved one has taken Nexium, Prevacid, or Prilosec to treat heartburn, acid reflux, or indigestion, and suffered serious kidney damage, chronic kidney disease, or kidney failure, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Studies from the JAMA Internal Medicine indicate a significant increased risk of acute and chronic kidney disease from taking proton pump inhibitors. If you or a loved one was diagnosed with kidney failure or chronic kidney disease after taking Nexium, Prevacid, or Prilosec to treat heartburn, acid reflux, or indigestion, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk now. You may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Call 800-225-8944. That's 800-225-8944. Again, 800-225-8944. Call now. All right, guys, we're ready for our Four Seasons sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons Now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-848-6333. That's 800-848-6333. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? 
See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. So then, let's talk about that. The LG display, the replacement for Thunderbolt. Why didn't Apple do this themselves? If they worked with LG to design the things, LG could have built an Apple design display with maybe a little prettier case. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's it's funny. Uh, I tell you something. The, the Apple Thunderbolt display irritated me, and it has irritated me for years. And the reason why is because it was released at a time when Apple was just about to change its design language for that form factor. Um, the, the, the Thunderbolt display uh, mimics the design of uh, the then contemporary iMac. It has kind of a thick bezel, a, a rather protruding thick uh, frame around it that, that if you put it next to, let's say, a 2011 or 2012 iMac, looks very consistent. But if you have a 2013 iMac, you know, the iMac that came out the year after the, the Thunderbolt display was, was introduced, it's a very different experience. Apple has designed the newer iMacs to be incredibly thin and much more elegant looking than those older devices did. So that, that Thunderbolt display was always kind of chunky and awkward looking. Now, I have a Thunderbolt display. I use it actually with my MacBook Air, and I love it. I think it's terrific, but it's anachronistic. You know, it, it just, it, to connect it to the, my MacBook Air, for example, I need to use the MagSafe to MagSafe 2 adapter because they build the older MagSafe adapter into the display. Sometimes the display doesn't turn on when I connect it to Thunderbolt on the MacBook Air. Sometimes I have to jiggle the cable a little bit. And Thunderbolt connectors in general, for me anyway, have always been a little bit finicky, where if it's just off by a millimeter or two, it won't get a good connection, and my MacBook Air won't recognize that it's connected to anything. Having said that, there are some other nice features, like the fact that there's no power button on the device. It powers up automatically when you've connected a host computer. The fact that it's got you know, an integrated USB hub, but it's a USB 2 hub, not a USB 3 hub. You see what I'm saying? The Thunderbolt display has been or was behind the 8-ball for a number of years, so it wasn't a surprise to see Apple um, discontinue it. It's just a shame to see Apple not replace it with anything else. Again, maybe they felt that they couldn't compete on price with a low production product either. Well, they could never compete with on, on price. The, the the Thunderbolt display was never a price leader. It was priced at $1,000 during its entire run, which is ridiculous for a 27-inch display. And you bear in a, mind that the LG 5K with the Apple discount to the end of the year is 974 for a 27-inch 5K display with Thunderbolt 3 ports and everything. Exactly right. Exactly right. So LG has managed to out-engineer Apple in that respect. They just don't have, you know, Apple's design niceties. That's all. Well, it also eats up the price differential if you buy the new MacBook Pro. And before we go to the MacBook Pro, which is, I think, one of the most controversial products 
from Apple in a long, long time. Another move that I don't think has gotten the attention that it should. We have an old friend, Peter and I and others have known for probably over 20 years, a guy named Sal Segoyan, who's a gentleman who managed Apple's automation division, which is Apple Script. And Apple decided, quote, for business reasons, end quote, to let him go this month. Now, I'm sure Sal will not be suffering. He won't have to worry about going to a soup kitchen. He'll find another gig and he'll do just fine because he's a really smart guy. But what does this mean to Apple? And then, of course, we have a statement from Craig Federici assuring us that Apple's still committed to automation. But what went on here? Craig Federighi is the senior vice president of, uh, of software engineering at Apple for those who don't keep up on Apple's executive roster. Uh, he uh, posted a message, uh, uh, an email to uh, to somebody who, who queried him uh, saying, you know, don't worry, uh, macOS automation, you know, we're, we're continuing to support macOS automation. You know, it's interesting on Segoyan's website, Segoyan points out that there is a lot of automation technology built into Apple. There's the command line interface in Unix, there, uh, that, you know, which, which underpins uh, everything that, that, that OS X runs on. There's uh, automation technology for developers. There's user-facing automated, automation technology, which is really sell strength uh, for the last 20 years. Uh, products like AppleScript and Automator, which is an application built into the Mac, uh, which provides uh, uh, the ability to create very sophisticated Apple scripts very easily. Here's the problem. Scripting clearly has not been a priority for Apple for many years. Apple's applications, um, Apple's own applications, like its iLife applications, have ratcheted down the amount of automation ability that they have in them. Now, automation is very important to a very specific niche of professional users because they enable people to do things with their Macs um, that they do repetitiously in a very short period of time in a very effective way. So if you are a graphic designer, let's say, and you uh, perform the same transformations and changes to photographs and uh, to graphic images over and over again, uh, using AppleScript to automate that process and using the right applications to do that can save you hours. And saving hours means saving time. And saving time means, you know, being able to, to spend that time doing other more interesting creative things. So automation tools are fantastic and are very necessary, but they only appeal to a very specific uh, niche of Macintosh users. Um, and Apple has never exposed automation on iOS in the same way that it has on the Mac. So it's clear that the the focus was moving away from automation to begin with. Now, there are automation tools on iOS, products like Workflow, for example, which I use and which is fantastic. But uh, th- those products, is, uh, going back to Jason Snell over at Six Colors, uh, Jason Snell had a pithy comment that, that really uh, resonated with me. He said that um, these products seem to work despite Apple, uh, not because of anything that Apple's doing. And I, I think that that's, that's correct. I think that increasingly Apple is maybe not giving a direct message to its professional market, but it is moving away from the professional market um, to just be a purveyor of consumer electronics for the mainstream. That, unfortunately, is causing some real anxiety and 
quite frankly, some some real problems for the technical professionals and the creative professionals and the other pros who have been depending on Apple hardware for more than 30 years now. Now, when it comes to Apple scripting and stuff, it may just be built-in tools and OS X, Mac OS that will exist there forever. And of course, they have like you mentioned workflow for iOS that does things like that for I think two ninety nine is what it costs, I believe. So really, really cheap to get that kind of thing. And remember in the old days on the Mac platform we had things like quick keys and such. All right? And quick keys did continue through Mac OS OS ten, but I don't even know if it's even available anymore. But in the old days, you wanted to automate something, you use Quick Keys. We use Apple Script here in the form of a built-in app that comes with an audio app we use called Sound Studio from Felt Tip Software. It's called Stitch, and what it does is what the title implies. We do this show in 12 separate discrete files submitted to the network. But we also offer Tech Night Out Plus commercial free. So how do we put the files together? Because the commercials are added by the network, of course. How do we put them together? I simply drag and drop them into Stitch, say join files or whatever the label is. And it joins the files for me and I come back later and I have a single file. So that's how I do it. It's a very simple operation. Takes me a grand total of five seconds to get started. And all it does is it automates opening a file in Sound Studio, taking the second file and putting it next to the first, on and on until the process is completed. It will also install silence if you want. Maybe you want a second of silence between segments, things like that. Save it wherever you want, and then that's it. You can walk away. But it is a script-based thing because it's automating repetitive tasks. I got a break here, Peter, to say on the other side. More to come with Peter Cohen and Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's l-e-m-k-e soft dot d-e slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. 
In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. If you or someone you care about loves outdoor adventure, then check out Slingbow.com for some unique holiday gift ideas. That's Slingbow.com, where we have some innovative new products for the archer, hunter, or bow fishing enthusiast in your family. Now through January, use the promo code HOLIDAY to get free shipping in the U.S. or Canada. And from all of us at Slingbow Industries, have a safe, joyous, and peaceful holiday season. This is Ben Gordon, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-290-8480. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-290-8480. That's 1-800-290-8480. Have you ever thought you'd like to flip houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? Are you ready to be your own boss so you can start living the good life? Hi, I'm Preston Neely. I used to be so broke. I had my electricity turned off nine times, but I figured out a way to quit my job and find financial freedom in real estate. For a limited time, I want to send you a free copy of my smash hit selling book, How to Get Rich in Real Estate. It shows you how to copy exactly what I did so you can make money from the comfort of your own home without even doing any manual labor. I've already given away 5,000 books and they're going fast. To get one before they're gone, call one 800 958 9256. Listen, if you're sick and tired of stressing about money, this book could change your life. It's short, fun to read, easy to understand, and awesome. To find out how to get your free book while supplies last, call 1-800-958-9256. Call 1-800-958-9256. 1-800-958-9256. There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Peter Cohen on the Tech Night Owl live talking about Apple's apparent disinterest in automation, Apple scripting. Peter? I think that the important thing to underscore here is that Apple hasn't removed any functionality from macOS today. So um, if you are using automation or if you are interested in automation, all the same tools are available today that were available yesterday. The difference is the one guy at Apple who's really been responsible for evangelizing this 
and helping to, to bear at this technology along is no longer employed by Apple. And, you know, the, I think a, a lot has been made uh, uh, about Sal Segoyan's departure from Apple in the Apple blogosphere, for better or worse. But one thing that you can say is that at one time, uh, Sal's position at Apple was incredibly important. When Automator, Automator was introduced in 2004, uh, Steve Jobs uh, called up Sal Seguin on stage to introduce the technology. And in introducing Steve, or in introducing Sal, Steve said to the audience at Worldwide Developers Conference, uh, Sal, whom you all know, uh, acknowledging that you know this guy was was big in the developer community, so that's why there's been so much written about it. In terms of the overall impact, I don't necessarily think that there is going to be a huge impact uh, either to the Mac or or to Apple in general with with Sal's departure. And I'm, I'm reasonably certain that the technology that we're seeing uh, will continue to be supported, if for no other reason, because it's so incredibly crucial to creative professionals, but also developers uh, who are writing iOS and Mac OS apps. So this is technology that's going to be around for a while. There you go. As I said, Sal Segoyan is doing great. If you never heard of him, check him out on Facebook and learn more about him. This guy is just a great treasure to the community. And we're happy, at least, that even though he won't be at Apple any longer, he'll go on with the things he does. He's also a musician, by the way. Apple and professional users. The MacBook Pro finally gets updated. Whether designed by Jonathan Ive or not, the criticism <laughs> just won't stop. I think some of it is overblown, but what's your take? I think that a lot of it is overblown, but I do certainly uh, understand and acknowledge some of the complaints that um, you know people in the industry have been making since the new MacBook Pro uh, was introduced. You know, the Apple is is um, promoting the new touch bar is a major UI innovation. And that's great. It's thinner and faster than ever before, um, which is great. And and so on. But it, but in other respects, the MacBook Pro comes up short. It, you can only put in 16 gigs of RAM. You know, your, your SSD maxes out at one terabyte. And for the privilege of having that, you get to pay a lot more uh, than you did for a new MacBook Pro, Retina MacBook Pro last year at the same time, because Apple's upped the, the cost of these devices as well. Plus, the new MacBook Pro uses USB-C, or Apple likes to call it Thunderbolt 3, because USB-C has a negative connotation because, uh, you know, there are a certain number of peripherals that have been causing problems, but it's all the same thing. And that means that uh, for all of the legacy devices, USB and Thunderbolt devices that you currently own, you need to attach dongles to your MacBook to get them to work, or you need to use some kind of port replication system. And certainly there are companies that are coming out with or have already come out with Thunderbolt um, uh, 3 to USB and Thunderbolt port replication devices. So that that is being addressed by the third-party market. But uh, the bottom line is it's causing some discomfort for people and uh, is really not interested in catering to the people who have purchased its gear until now. All right, let's look at all the arguments here about the MacBook Pro and see where they stand. Now, the issue of memory, obviously that has hit a sensitive point because Phil Schiller has answered that question in many different ways. But part of it is that to use memory system that allows 
for 32 gigabytes, which is more than you've ever seen on MacBook Pro before. It's always been limited to 16. Would entail shorter battery life and apparently also much shorter idle life. So when the thing sits idle now, it should be up to 30 days. It can sit idle before it uses up the stored current. It's only a week, according to one site. If you were to use this other memory system that's used on PCs, the battery life could be up to a third less. And some people say, well, maybe Apple should offer that configuration optionally, but that's not Apple's way. Apple would be waiting on future iterations of the Intel processors. And isn't that part of the problem, too, that Intel's development has really slowed? Recent members of the core processor family Year to year, the performance improvement is just a few percentage points. It's all about using less power, all about better integrated graphics. So does Schiller have a point there? Well, Schiller, of course, has a point. I mean, Schiller is the SVP of of product marketing at Apple. So, of course, he's got a good point. Again, the the interesting thing for me is that, you know, Apple is making design trade-offs and is not consciously is not trying to appeal to the same people that have brought, that have bought its products up until now, which makes you wonder why the pro moniker is necessary to begin with. Well, just call it a MacBook or call it something else. Well, all right. I understand that argument. That's made too. Why do we call this a MacBook Pro if it doesn't seem to be quite suited? But last year's MacBook Pro had 16 gigabytes. This year's is a little more powerful. Apple has improved performance of the SSD up to twice as fast. It also, the 15-inch version, drives two 5K displays. Why have that capability if you don't expect professional users to take advantage of it? Very good point. And I think the MacBook Pro is going to suit most of most uh, professionals. I just don't think that Apple is necessarily appealing to the same group that it has in the past. If I had a MacBook Pro from four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. I want to get one now. Let's forget the price difference because the MacBook Pro originally, when they went to this last design change, it was more expensive when they went to the Retina display. It cost several hundred dollars more and the price came down over a period of several years. So the original price of the MacBook Pro when it came out, I think 2012, wasn't much different from what it is now. That's the first thing. If I'm a professional user, what do I get from the new models? The touch bar is a work in progress. I think if a lot of professional apps use the touch bar, like Adobe Photoshop, you may see somewhat of an advantage there. The thinner, lighter form factor doesn't mean a thing. A half pound, well, yeah, I'm carrying it on the airport, runways and everything else, and maybe a half a pound less, it's not going to pressure my shoulder much. I'm not worried about that. That's not important. It's a little bit faster because Intel's chips are not getting a lot faster. That's important. The faster solid-state drive, that's important. Better graphics, that's important. The 5K displays, that's important. But switching to the single port isn't. But Apple does that all the time. They give up old ports and have new ports. Sounds like a street I used to live on, Newport. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, Apple uh, has has proven over and over again that it's willing to cause its customers some short-term discomfort 
uh, to suit its long-term business uh, practices. I wrote about this a little bit on my own blog, um, and you know, I, I, I used some strong language to to describe what I thought Apple's perspective on this was. But my my point was that. Um, you know, we, we can look at Apple's history and see this repeated over and over again. And I, I, I bring up the um, transition from Final Cut Pro 7 to Final Cut Pro 10. Final Cut Pro is Apple's professional um, uh, movie and video editing software. And Final Cut Pro 7 was very well entrenched in the uh, uh, the digital video community, uh, very well supported by third-party applications and, uh, and hardware. Uh, and Apple... Uh, decided over time that it had kind of run uh, that code base as far as it could, and it needed to reinvent it. So it came out with Final Cut Pro 10. And in doing so, it broke compatibility with many of those tools um, that developers uh, or that, that, uh, that videographers depended on. What's worse is that Apple removed features from Final Cut Pro 10 that uh, those same videographers had, had and workflow uh, functionality that those the same uh, uh, videographers had had really depended on over the years. This created an enormous amount of difficulty for uh, videographers uh, to get their their work done. And what ended up happening was they would were hoarding Final Cut Pro seven licenses and just maxing out the gear that would run those systems for years because they didn't want to transition to Final Cut Pro ten. Let's get to the second part in a moment. More to come on Final Cut Pro 10 and what Apple did and tried to undo with Peter Cohen and Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night How Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, I'm Dr. Craig Samet from Anthem. Did you know that premature birth is the number one cause of death of babies? That's why the Anthem Foundation is working with the March of Dimes to fight to end premature birth and birth defects. But you can do something today to give them tomorrow. Your support means programs, education, life-saving research, and a voice for families in the newborn intensive care unit. Together, we can help save babies' lives. Give them tomorrow at marchofdimes.org slash tomorrow. 
Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we get the new Final Cut Pro 10, successor to Final Cut Pro 7, but... In going to the new code base, and Apple did this before with iMovie also, they cut out lots of features, but you were about to say, haven't they added back a lot of them? They sure have. You know, the, a lot of that stuff got added back in. And, uh, you know, eventually the, the, the complaints that Apple was making or the people were making of Apple uh, were, you know, ameliorated over time. So th- that transition was not a permanent problem, although it did cause some video houses to move away from Final Cut Pro in favor of other products like Sony Vegas or uh, uh, Adobe Premiere Pro or even Avid's Pro Tools, which had been around a long time before Final Cut Pro uh, uh, was on the market. So Apple managed to lose some customers in the process. Then we have the example of the Mac Pro, you know, a device that uh, languished for years. Apple discontinued it uh, in early 2013 and then didn't say a word. They did replace it later that year with the new, uh, some people call it the trash can Mac Pro or the the turbine-shaped Mac Pro, which is a parallel processing monster. And then Apple hasn't touched it since then. It's been over three years uh, since Apple, or it's been about three years since Apple introduced the Mac Pro, and they haven't iterated it once, not with a new CPU, not with a new GPU, uh, nothing. So you're buying the same hardware uh, that you were three years ago and spending the same money on it that you were three years ago, but the market has moved. You know, and and Intel and AMD have certainly stepped up to the plate with with faster processors since then. Uh, AMD and NVIDIA have developed new graphics processing units that Apple could certainly incorporate in that device. Uh, What's worse is that they took a, a device that was very user serviceable and very expandable internally, uh, and they replaced it with something that wasn't. So you can have the same functionality in the Mac Pro post-2013 that you did before, but it requires a lot more external connectivity. And the the net result is that uh, some professionals who are using Mac Pros have had to create almost Gordian knots of cables and connectors to attach all these devices uh, to the Mac Pro that they at one time could have just put inside uh, the old-style Mac Pro. So Apple, again, showing that it's more interested in furthering its own aims than it is in creating continuity or um, a a consistent experience for its users. This was an example where form took over compared to function. They removed the internal expandability. And they haven't touched it since, as he points out. The big thing about it, of course, for those who are political junkies is that the Mac Pro, what few of them are sold or built, is assembled in Austin, Texas. For those who want Apple to build gear in the U.S., well, there's an example. Now, 
The thing that bothers me most about this is that Apple has said nothing about this. They haven't had a promise from Tim Cook. We're working on a new Mac Pro. Something will come this spring. I don't know. They should at least say something. Thus, leaving people hanging, the impression people will get is Apple doesn't care. And I think Apple should care because just updating this with new parts, new Xeons, new processors, that doesn't cost a lot of money for that investment. Apple could do it, you know, what, in weeks? Have it all set up? Maybe they're waiting for something. Now, I was looking at the availability of chips in the new KB Lake 7th generation core family. And the only Xeons they had were 4-core, and Apple's selling 8 and 12. The 4-core i7, i5 chips aren't shipping, which is probably one reason why they're not in the MacBook Pro. But next spring, they probably will be, so Apple could have another opportunity to consider upgrades also for the iMac. Same reason. They might as well use the latest processor family. Again, that's probably going to happen after the first of the year. So maybe Apple can do it. That's a practical answer, but not necessarily a real answer because we don't know. Yeah, no, this is this is a very good point. And yeah, I've I've seen a lot of uh, stuff about KB Lake written in social media and elsewhere on the Apple blogosphere that doesn't take into account the fact that the chips that Apple would use, as you point out, Gene, are simply not available. So it, it you know it's it's fine for Apple to be where they're at with with Intel's hardware now. The interesting twist here is that uh, Apple's apparently staffing up uh, engineering for its own silicon and. Um, there's some indication that some of the silicon would be on the Macintosh end of things. Now, you can certainly find, uh, you know, Apple-made chips inside the Macintosh, but it's not like the iPhone or the iPad where the central processing unit is an Apple design. You know, those CPUs and those GPUs that Apple are using um, in the Mac are either made by Intel, you know, in the case of the CPU or integrated graphics uh, capabilities, or... Um, uh, AMD or NVIDIA, depending on which generation of Mac you're talking about. You know, something hit me before you go on. And I know he's going to talk about the possibility of ARM on the Mac, whether Apple would move that way. And one thing I thought of here, Apple has this design team. Would they consider maybe building or designing special modifications to Intel chips and have Intel build them for them? Uh, I have no idea. If it's even possible, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Okay, so you're getting into, we're running short here. We have about a segment and a half, so I wanted to move it fast. The theory here that Apple might want to design ARM chips that work on the Mac. Now, they're kind of doing that in a very small way now because the touch bar is using a separate processor and a separate operating system based on the Apple Watch. Yes, yes, indeed. So, um, you know, we're seeing this kind of bleed in uh, to, uh, to to the Mac line already, but it, the, the Mac is still very dependent on silicon that, that is neither developed or by nor managed by Apple. And that puts Apple in a precarious position of depending on other vendors uh, in order for um, its, its, its products to, to, to work. 
And I don't think Apple likes that, and I don't think Apple wants to go in that direction. Now, Apple has handled tr processor transitions several times already on the Mac line. You know, there was the 68K line. They became PowerPCs. PowerPC gave, went to, gave way to Intel uh, back in 2006. So Apple has got that process managed down. Um, and I think that, that uh, there is no question in my mind that somewhere at a skunk works at Apple, um, there are Macs that are already running with ARM chips. Uh, in some way, but that will create disruption uh, for current customers. Why? Because ARM chips don't work like the Intel chips do. Uh, you know, we're especially enterprise users have gotten very used to virtualization over the past decade. Uh, the, the ability to run Windows or um, other Linux-based operating systems on your Mac simultaneously with OS X, uh, or running uh, virtualized environments like Citrix. All this is possible because the Mac runs on the same kind of central processing unit that you can use in a PC, which makes uh, you know creating a virtualized environment very easy. Not so easy if you've got a completely different architecture under the hood, like ARM, an ARM chip, uh, whether it's like an A11 processor or whatever Apple might have up its sleeve. Uh, it, it's not going to be a simple process. So there is going to be some disruption and some problems there. I personally consider it an, inevitab an inevitability that this is going to happen. It's just a matter of time. I can see Apple doing some halfway steps, adding more processing functions to custom-built ARM chips on Macs even if they don't go all the way. A two-processor sure, machine, in fact, that might be the way to have the transition. It wouldn't be cheap, but to have both the ARM and the Intel and the apps that are programmed for ARM go on the ARM, so there's no emulation. The apps for Intel go on Intel. The virtualization goes on Intel. But over time, Apple may use just the cheaper Intel chips for the emulation and for the virtual machines and move more and more to ARM, but it would have to be a real, real gradual transition. And some people suggest that the business Apple gets from Macs selling, what, four or five million units per quarter might not be worth a wholesale processor transition. I guess that also depends on what Intel does. we got more to come with Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's l-e-m-k-e soft.de slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. 
people who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Today, living in the United States means that your online privacy is at risk. Regaining that privacy means going abroad. Privacy Abroad offers secure online privacy because our servers are located in Switzerland, a safe haven for digital communications. As a law-abiding citizen, you have nothing to hide, but you certainly have something to lose. Regain your Fourth Amendment rights and your peace of mind. Go to patriot.privacyabroad.com now. That's patriot.privacyabroad.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So for the reasons you mentioned, Peter Cohen, virtual machines, obviously easy for developers to do a Mac and Windows version because it's the same processor family. I don't see Apple doing this right away, but maybe on the long term, they'd see a benefit in it, especially if PC sales go real down, really are a fraction of what they are now in the entire industry. And Apple isn't selling too many Macs. They can do this kind of thing. Yeah, and it's economy of scale, right? You know, if if Apple um, has more control over what's under the uh, uh, what's under the hood of the Mac, um, Apple's 
profits are going to be better. Apple, Apple's uh, supply line is going to be uh, easier to manage, and it, it all around benefits Apple to do that, which means that its shareholders are going to be happy. You know, Apple has handled this transition, as I pointed out in the last segment, a number of times before. Um, and if past is prologue, we can, you know, we can we can sort of take a page from the PowerPC to Intel playbook and see what Apple's going to do here. Uh, you know, at one time. You could run software that was designed to work on older PowerPC computers on newer Intel-based Macintoshes, and that was because of a software technology that Apple developed called Rosetta, uh, which enabled those binaries, th- th- that code, uh, to operate on the newer computers. Eventually, though, after uh, macOS Lion was released at version 10.7, Apple discontinued Rosetta. So you could no longer run apps that, that were designed for the older computers. As a result, there are today still people who are operating Snow Leopard version 10.6 on older Macintoshes simply because they want to be able to run AppleWorks or other legacy software that they might uh, might be depending on to, to be able to do their, their their stuff. So this does create, you know, some some discomfort in the user experience of, of using a Mac that, that is undeniable. Now, the other thing here is that by doing this, Apple shows its muscle against Intel. They can go to Intel and say, you know what, you know, we're buying all your premium chips. A lot of the PC companies out there are buying your cheap junk. We're buying your best chips, paying top dollar for them. You need to do more things that appeal to us. And just having the presence of an ARM processor on the MacBook Pro, even though it's doing a support task, that has to count a lot for Intel. They see that. I think you're absolutely right about that. I think that, you know, Apple has wants to be able to throw its weight around when it comes to that. And I'm sure that Intel recognizes that Apple is, is a competitor in some ways as well already. Right. I mean, Intel has not had the staying power in the mobile space that other companies have. You know, they've already been beaten in that respect. The only thing Intel might do now is maybe just use some of its fabrication plants to build ARM design chips. Possible. You know, ARM is something that, that uh, other companies are making. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's certainly a possibility. Like I said, I'm of mixed feelings about whether Apple will do it. If they do, it'll be later, towards the end of the so-called PC era. Now, one statement Apple made with the introduction of the MacBook Pro, pointing out its resemblance, superficial resemblance to the original PowerBook 100 back around, what, 1990 or thereabouts, that for the next 25 years, they foresee this form factor. I don't know. 25 years from now, we'll still be using a notebook a clamshell notebook? You know, it's interesting that, to take into consideration that, that in, in all this talk that we've, we've had about, you know, the changes that Apple's making, and it's kind of focus away, pivot away maybe from, from creative pros. At the same time that this is happening, Microsoft is making a very concerted effort to appeal to those same uh, clients. They've uh, recently embarked on a "You Can't Do That on the Mac" uh, ad campaign featuring Creative Pros working in set design and and motion pictures and education. Obviously, three areas where Apple has historically uh, had a big lead. They just recently came out with the Surface Studio, uh, which is a, a 27-inch, very minimalistic Apple-looking desktop computer that also employs a, a touch screen, which Apple has said it is not going to do on the Macintosh for a number of different reasons. So it's interesting to see Microsoft make a very make a play for the very customers that 
ironically kept Apple alive at its lowest point in the 90s after it had been beaten by Microsoft. So then we feel that Apple thinks it's strong enough to lose a few pro customers. That's foolish because companies are still adding Macs. Look at the way Macs have penetrated into IBM, which is a big deal. Apple doesn't want to give up that. Yeah, Apple has had some big enterprise successes with the Mac uh, over the years. I don't necessarily think that Apple wants to step away from the Mac market altogether. I think that it still sees it as a profitable part of its business. And and the Mac certainly complements the work that Apple's doing on iOS as well. But in the same token, for whatever reason, you know, Microsoft sees uh, those customers as uh, a potential market and and certainly are making more of an effort to to get into their hearts and minds than uh, than apple is in, right in well microsoft respects. has been doing that for years running ads trying to show you you can do this on windows that you can't do on a mac that's nothing really altogether new i think now it's new because we're looking at the possibility or the feeling that apple is giving up on pro customers yep so what can i say about that What do you think? Do you think Apple realizes that pro customers are being sent by the wayside? Clearly, there's a sensitivity, which is why Apple executives are responding, especially Phil Schiller. He is sensitive to these complaints. Maybe they didn't realize the volume of these complaints or what would happen. You know, I I think that um, Apple probably underestimated the the reaction, at least on the, the the MacBook Pro, certainly. Uh, Apple, from what I've read, Apple definitely seems a little taken aback by uh, uh, by um, some of the, the the negative feedback. Having said that, Apple has also said publicly that uh, it, it's going to exit the year uh, with a backlog of MacBook Pro orders. That it is not able to manufacture um, enough uh, computers to to meet demand right now. So. Um, whether or not that's because of legitimate demand or um, the illusion of scarcity, I don't know. The big factor there may have nothing whatever to do with demand, but the fact is that they can't build enough of them, even for a normal demand. Maybe the manufacturing, the ramp up for the touch bar and other components is taking longer. Entirely possible. I do think that scarcity has something to do with it. You know, Foxconn, uh, uh, one of Apple's major subcontractors, can throw tens of thousands of additional bodies on the manufacturing line uh, if they want to. But uh, Apple um, sees a benefit in being able to exit each quarter uh, with a backlog of products because it it looks good for their their stockholders and, uh, and, and Wall Street. Peter Cohen, please tell our listeners where we can find more of what you do. You can find me on Twitter at Flarg, F-L-A-R-G-H. And uh, uh, in my day job, I manage the blog on backblaze.com. Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you very much for having me, Gene. It's always a pleasure. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Did you know your car can be hacked just like your computer or phone? Hackers can hijack the signal of your own key fob to burglarize your vehicle in seconds. The Black Hole Faraday Key Fob Bag is a signal impenetrable shield that stops these hacks in their tracks. Protect one of your most valuable assets. Go to HackProofBag.com. That's HackProofBag.com. And use promo code RADIO to get 20% off. Or call 805-222-4584. 805-222-4584. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with Principal Office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow Allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-615-7709. That's 800-615-7709. 800-615-7709. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using the computer or, or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you are having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on Site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer repair Repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly, certified computer repair experts available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light Systems 
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Joe Wilcox, longtime tech journalist, former industry analyst who is with Beta News. And we got a real lot of things to talk about. And he's a real trooper. He's doing this episode on Thanksgiving Day. So he is as crazy as I am, right, Joe? Oh, I, I, I hope I'm not crazier, but I'm, it could be. You never know. <laughs> well, at least he admits it. I admitted a long time ago that... <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. You know, I, I lost something. I just don't understand if I ever had it. Okay, you suggested one topic for me. And I want to throw it out just for the heck of it what Apple should be thankful for this Thanksgiving. And I was thinking, the first thing that comes to my mind, Samsung Galaxy Note 7. <laughs> you know, that's true. I mean, what a disaster. I don't know how... Uh, I mean, talk about a made-for-disaster. You have uh, Samsung as a major sponsor for the Olympics, all the promotion going on around that. Then, of course, we have the backdrop of uh, Apple releasing the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus, the note rolls out the door and within weeks i mean or maybe days these things start burning up one recall another recall and then in an unprecedented i mean unprecedented in modern technology the product is killed what within eight weeks of its uh, release something like that it's just mind-boggling but yeah they should be uh, tipping the champagne glasses in uh, cupertino because this is fantastic for them. And the iPhone 7 Plus still backordered. You probably can order one now. You will not get it before the first of the year. Very small chance. Wow, that's amazing. I actually have one. I ordered it from T-Mobile on the day of the pre-order and, and waited a little while, but uh, maybe, what, 10 days or two weeks uh, afterwards to actually get it and was glad that I did because of what you just said. If you wanted jet black, even the regular iPhone 7 would be hard to get. You know, I went for the matte one. Would you go for the, the jet black? I mean, what do you I, think I about... I don't see a reason for it, man. I mean, if I'm doing that, I look at it this way. It gets dirty. It can be scratched. And I'm putting a case on it. You don't, you don't go bareback? See, I always go bareback. I've been using that. I'm going to get myself in trouble for saying this. I'm going to jinx myself. I know it, but I've had a cell phone since 1997. I've never broken one, and I always go bareback. I never use a case. Well, I always use a case. I don't buy the Apple case. I got a leather case from Amazon. Uh, one, every time I get a new iPhone, assuming the case is a different design, this, the camera portion is different, so a lot of cases for the iPhone 6 wouldn't work. I pay $6. You know, I get the $6 leather case. I'm happy. And I never have a problem. Okay, I just looked it up here. And this is as of Thanksgiving Day. Could change. 
They're promising delivery by December 22nd. Okay, Merry so Christmas. there's still a chance if you want an iPhone 7 Plus. I don't because I can't get that thing in my jeans pocket. It's too big. You know what? I can, and I'm surprised that I can. And that was a, but you know what? Bareback. If I had a case, it would be very difficult to fit in my jeans front pocket. Remember, folks, not the back pocket, not because you might bend it, but because it makes it easy for someone out there to bump into you and, oh, my God, my phone is gone. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. My daughter, she's 22. That's how she carries her phone all the time. Right. My wife used to say, why don't you put your wallet in your back pocket? And this is, you know, when we first got married, we were living in New York City. And this is before you were born, probably. You're a little younger than I am. And... I said, yeah, but then it makes it easy for a pickpocket. And after a couple of years, she stopped bothering me about it. I think she still thinks it doesn't look attractive to have it on my side pocket. But what I have is on my right side, okay, folks, now the thieves know, the car keys, the house keys. On the left pocket, it's the iPhone and the wallet. All right, now they know, now they're going to be after me. I don't have much money in my wallet. I never carry much. So, you know, if you really want to steal it, it's a pretty lousy wallet. Uh, so you're another, oh God, you're another one of those. I am too. I'm a front front pocket wallet guy. I don't carry one in the, in, in the back. I have one of those slimline wallets and that's the left front where I also keep the keys so that the right pocket is free and clear for the phone. That big honking, too big for the pocket phone. Okay, so you got used to it. You found a way to make it work. Now, what was your prior phone? Because I know you've gone back and forth from Android to iPhones. So I actually had the uh, the 6S Plus before that. But before that, uh, I had the uh, the last Google Nexus. So I guess it was a 6P, which is a very nice phone. Of course, now they have the Pixel, which also is a very nice phone. And a lot of it depends on what your utility. I, I got to say, there's a lot to like about the the newest version of Android and what Google has done uh, with the Pixel in terms of you know information utility, Google Now, if they still call it that, beats Siri. There's just no comparison in terms of the utility, the notifications, and all the things uh, that Android can do. That said, I believe what Tim Cook says about privacy, and I think I'm better protected that way uh, using an Apple product. Part of that is because Apple is selling hardware. They're not making money uh, by other means. And so I, I can believe Tim Cook when he makes those those pledges about your about protecting the customer's privacy. And, and that ma- because that does matter to me a bit, uh, I'm willing to give up some informational utility. Well, supposedly Siri will grow better over time. Well, they've been saying that since she's since she came out. I mean, she's still not. Actually, I would say she's a lot better this release. I'm impressed with how much she's improved with uh, iOS uh, 10, but she still uh, just can't compete with uh, with the Google Now, with a whole Google infrastructure. Well, that's the trade-off. If you want that, then Google does it. That's the trade-off. Now, the thing about the Pixel phone by Google, I've read about it. In terms of performance, it seems to be mid-pack. Pricing is a high-end smartphone. Other than the Google services, what makes it stand out? Or is that the only thing? I mean, the hardware is good. I mean, it's okay. The hardware is pretty good. Uh, And for some people, and for a pure Android phone, it's great. But compared to uh, some of the other things out there, I wouldn't say it's mediocre, but it could be better. And yeah, it's the services. It's the bundle. It's what Google 
uh, adds on top that really makes the phone. Um, so it, it, again, it's all about what your lifestyle is. You know, what is it that you want? I mean, if you're if you're into that whole Google digital lifestyle, you know, information contextually delivered anytime, anywhere, use your voice to ask questions and whatever. There's a lot to be said uh, for a Pixel phone. That said, it's it's very pricey, um, and we're right up there in either the iPhone stratosphere. So. If I had to choose, I did choose. I, I have the, the 7 Plus, and I don't regret buying it. The one thing I do think Google did well with is the camera. It gets really, really high ratings. Some think it's better than the iPhone. Some think it's not quite, but whatever it is, it's a state-of-the-art camera. Well, the whole Google Photos thing is really great. I mean, it worked. I mean, that 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 as an extension to the camera and what Google does with the software, that whole services uh, thing, really I think is much better than what Apple uh, does with the, with its photos. You have this. Uh, you can uh, you know the auto auto uh, auto updates. They they don't charge you extra for. Uh, for storage, like you know, I, I pay Apple <laughs> for the extra storage. I I see the the photos taking up space on my laptop, which I don't like. Don't have that uh, situation when I use uh, Google Photos, and um, the the search is is pretty intelligent with both. Now I would say Apple Photos was behind Google Photos, but now it's now it's much much better, and it's hard to compete with with Google and search, but it's it's pretty good. Now, tell you what I do in terms of extra storage in iCloud. I don't share my desktop folder there because I'd be buying the $10 a month package because it's over 250 or 300 gigabytes. I do share the photos for $1.99 a month. That's my limit. We've got Joe Wilcox, more limits and expanding limits. I'm Gene Steinberg. I'm the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com.
Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if there were no contracts, no activation fees, no tracking, tracing, or draconian gimmicks? All on America's largest 4G LTE networks. Introducing PixWireless.com. Activate your Sprint, AT&T, and unlock GSM phones instantly. Bring your own device and make the switch today. Here's how. Call or click 1-800-205-9513 or PixWireless.com. Spelled P-I-X. PixWireless.com. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Don't know what contaminants are lurking in your water? Time to get a ProPure. Take advantage of ProPure's holiday sale. Save 25% on all ProPure water filter products. Sales good through December 31st. There's a ProPure water filter for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. We have Joe Wilcox joining us, and we're doing the Thanksgiving weekend kind of thing. He's talking a bit about his iPhone 7 Plus and why he bought it. We're looking also quickly at the Pixel phone by Google. Now, the one thing I'm seeing here is that if Google wanted to sell a lot of these things, they're not doing that because they've got Verizon as the loan partner or you go buy it from Google. So what's Google's long-term plan or are they preferring here not to really compete head-on against their carriers except in a limited way? Google absolutely is, is choosing to compete in a limited way. Uh, not just with the carriers, but with the other manufacturers. I mean, Android is the most popular operating or mobile operating system in the world by huge margin. And uh, that's going to continue. Uh, I don't see uh, iOS uh, catching up any anytime soon, if, if ever. But there's a certain, I guess, customer, techie, whatever, uh, who, who wants the pure experience, who wants Android at its finest, 
without all the crap from Samsung, HTC, uh, Huawei, whoever, you know, put on top. And so for that customer, you can get a Pixel. But I don't, I don't see this as a volume phone, uh, even with distribution uh, through Verizon. Well, I see them now giving, what, cashback offers and such like that. So it's not these things are flying off the shelves either, although I've seen ads for them. Yeah, they're, they're definitely ads. The reality is this. In the major markets, we're reaching a, a kind of saturation. So the, the two top uh, smartphone markets in the world are the United States and China. Uh, we're reaching saturation levels. Most people that want a cell phone have a cell phone or smartphone, excuse me, uh, and we're getting kind of a, a plateau in terms of, of how quickly the features are advancing. And even if they are advancing, there's a point where it's good enough. And I think that uh, most of the modern phones are good enough for most people. Uh, Apple is smart with this uh, trade-in program where you can get a phone, finance it at your Apple store, bring it back in a year, trade it in for a new one. Uh, I think that's how you you keep your sales going. I don't believe Google is doing anything like that. Uh, Verizon might. Uh, I used to be a Verizon subscriber. I am not now, so I, I can't speak authoritatively about what, what's going on over there. I think the major wireless carriers all offer that kind of program where you basically lease your smartphone, and then depending on the package you get, you can update in 12 months, 18 months, 24 months. For example, AT&T has AT&T Next, and I know T-Mobile has a program. I don't know the name. I'm sure you do. But that's the way it is now. So in the old days, you would get the phone for a down payment or no down payment, and you keep it for two years. Now they lock you in because you get these programs where unless you wait the full term of the loan, you don't keep your phone. They expect right, you to right. turn it in at the end of the period that you agree to upgrade for. And then, you know, for every 12 to 24 months, you get a brand new phone, you turn in the old one, and you keep paying and paying forever. Well, the uh, T-Mobile program is called Jump, but I have another one called Jump on Demand. That's what I do. And you can trade in your phone up to three times every 18 months. It's ridiculous. I I won't need to do that, but it means I'm also covered when the next uh, iPhone comes out uh, in 2017. And you can make an intermediary jump to an Android phone, go back to an iPhone without a big delay. Except they don't offer any Android phone over there that I'd want. Uh, the Sam- the uh, Galaxy uh, S7 just doesn't appeal to me. And I can't think of anything else. Well, uh, maybe the... Uh, that LG phone is very impressive, but I actually I really like the uh, seven seven plus. I have to say I'm more satisfied with this than uh, almost any other phone I've owned in the last few years. I like the design. I like the way it feels in the hand. Uh, it's very understated. The uh, matte black uh, does color. The camera I, I thought it was kind of gimmicky to have the the two lenses, but I use it all the time. That two uh, X zoom. When I'm out and about in the neighborhood, maybe see animal I want to take a picture of, and I can zoom in 2x and 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 get something good. Well, there you go. You got something with a lot of usability there. You're not therefore aching at the loss of the headphone jack. No, I mean I have Bluetooth headphones, and for my wired headphones, yeah, I have to use an adapter. the The dongle is annoying, but let me tell you, I don't feel 
the way about the dongle now that I did, say, a month ago. And that's because I got a, a MacBook Pro with a touch bar. And now and you have 50 dongles sitting there. It's, for- it's, it's a dongle, dongle, dongle. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it reminds me of uh, the iMac in 1998, when uh, Apple dumped the legacy ports for US for uh, I guess USB one it was at that time so exactly and I assume Apple expects the same thing now you are in dongle hell right now little, but in a little, few years everybody will be using it because PCs will have the USB C and the Thunderbolt and everything it, right. it's just a temporary pain so yeah which did you get the thirteen or the fifteen inch. You know, I got the 13, and the 15 is just a little bit overly large for me. I was tempted by the 15 because of the um, the quad-core processor, but uh, the 13 is just what I wanted. I'll be honest, in some ways, if I could do it again, I wouldn't buy it, even though I, I have mixed satisfaction with this lap- laptop, sadly. Is it the higher price, or is that just part of it? Well, certainly the price is higher, but I had... Um, I had a uh, 2015 model before. It was 13-inch with a 3.1 gigahertz uh, Core i7, 16 gigabytes of RAM, 256 hard drive. This one, of course, is the uh, Core i5, uh, 16 gigabytes RAM and 512 gigabyte uh, SSD. And I think it's slower, and the battery life is less. I mean, I, it it feels a little sluggish, and the battery is very diminished. I if I get five hours, uh, I'm lucky. Ten, you can forget. You can forget ten hours. I, I don't believe that claim, and I, and I'm a little shocked because usually uh, Apple over uh, understates what you get, uh, and uh, from my experience so far, that's not the case. Well, other reviews I've read do say the battery life is decent. It might be your use pattern, whatever it is. You, oh, just, like like just, like Safari writing on the web, having the browser is the only thing open, and uh, with a bunch of tabs and watching the battery kind of click 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 down. Well, there you go. Uh, evidently, that's a problem for you. It could also be an operating system issue, right? Where something is using too much memory, and that would be a situation. Now, I'm several years away from having a decent Mac notebook here. And the reason is I got in 2010 a 17-inch MacBook Pro. Talk about heavy. It was, what, six pounds, something like that. <laughs> and you remember, sure. And sure, I sure. wanted the large screen. And I understand the joys of a retina display. But I just never thought about it. And then, of course, the money hit the skid, so I didn't even think about it any further. I understand that, and I'm sorry to hear that you're not getting the battery life. Forgetting that, the touch bar, does it do anything for the apps you use? Uh, well, not a lot yet. I mean, I do use it some just to use it. It's very pretty, uh, and it's uh, and it changes contextually depending on what apps you have open, particularly if it's the uh, the Apple apps. And, of course, that will, will change over time. Uh, it, it's a little gimmicky, I, I think. Um, I got it... The main reason I got it uh, was for the keyboard. I had some confidence that the butterfly uh, keyboard, the second generation butterfly keyboard, would be would be great for typing, and, and it is. I really enjoy it. And some of the re- reviewer reviews I've read out there say otherwise. I disagree. I think this is a great typing machine. 
I also wanted the better quality display uh, in terms of the color accuracy because I do photography, um, but also for the brightness. And that delivers as well. So for the screen and the keyboard and even the new trackpad, this is a fantastic machine. I just would like to see more battery life. I question the utility of the uh, the touch the touch bar, and it is uh, uh, pricey, no question. A little confirmation for what you said. We're going to break in a moment. A competing publication, sort of laptop magazine. They show an hour less battery life on the 13-inch touch bar model in their testing. So they got nine and a half hours with last year's 13-inch, and this year it's eight and a half. So there you go, a little over eight and a half hours. So, all right, but, that remains know, to be seen whether that's a software issue or whether Apple overestimated the kind of battery life they can get. We've got more to come. The MacBook Pro and other stuff. With Joe Wilcox, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. From the pages of the Bible comes a terrifying account of an ancient beast that was half man, half demon. It is returned in the best-selling novel, Nephilim, by L.A. Marzulli. Indiegogo presents you with an opportunity to get involved in making this supernatural novel into a major motion picture. Join journalist Mac McKenzie as he travels halfway around the world to uncover the truth about aliens and demons. Join our Indiegogo campaign to get Nephilim made into a movie. Go to Indiegogo.com, hashtag Nephilim. This is Ben Gordon, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-290-8480. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-290-8480. That's 1-800-290-8480. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. (laughs) 
been a couple of years since we had Joe Wilcox here, and I have no idea why I didn't call upon him. It's nothing personal, but he was gracious enough to do this on Thanksgiving Day. So we're talking about the MacBook Pro with the touch bar, and he got a configuration with a somewhat slower CPU. Obviously, you still have to pay more than you paid for your previous MacBook Pro, correct? Oh yeah, I mean we're we're, we're talking about a about a two hundred dollar uh, increase here uh, all the way around uh, for every, for anybody. I mean you have a starting price of what seventeen ninety nine, uh, so you know, it's it's um, it's a pricey. I mean this is a two point nine gigahertz um, Core i five processor. I think there was a a three point three um, Core i seven available, which would have added another three hundred dollars. <laughs> to the purchase price uh already the the extra uh storage was um you know more than i I wanted to spend so for the configuration i have without the extra storage you're looking at a 1999 starting price it's a big investment it is and if you go back though to 2012 the first generation retina display macbook pros the prices were about what they are now so we're back to 2012 pricing and if past this prologue I suppose in the next few years, the prices will come down again until Apple comes up with something else to make them more expensive. Well, I guess the question to ask is, is how effective this strategy uh, is. We are in the third quarter uh, of 2016. I think it's the uh, eighth consecutive quarter of PC shipment declines, according to Gardner, IDC, whoever. And so it's a, it's a declining market, the PC market. And Apple comes in with a newfangled, you know, concept with a touch bar, uh, increases the price of the computer. And you have to wonder, is that a good idea or not? Is Tim Cook and company thinking, okay, we're just going to sell PCs to the people that need them and, um, and we're willing to, to, to pay for the privilege and for, you know, whatever else we bundle with it? Or are they just, you know, losing their minds? They're not thinking about the market in, in the right way. And I think... We'll see. Have an answer, a an early answer to that question after we see how sales are during the holidays. Now, Apple claims they've gotten quite a number of orders. Slice Intelligence. I don't know if you can take them seriously. Reports a pretty high number of orders, but that could be also pent up demand for right, people right. who've been waiting for Apple to come up with something new, and now they have. And I would agree that the. March quarter will be the real indication of how well it's doing. The next quarter, they've caught up with demand, and we see what really happens here. Now, another debate, and you had a piece on beta news about this, the fact that it limits to 16 gigabytes. And obviously, there are sensitivities because Phil Schiller has answered a number of questions from the media and individual users in emails explaining why Apple made this design decision. What's your take on it? I, you know, I read that uh, he had answered the question, but what did he say um, before I answer? His argument is that to use a memory system allowing for 32 gigabytes with Intel's Skylake chips, and then the next generation KP Lake, I don't even think is even shipping four core yet, so that puts a limitation on it. If they go to a different kind of memory, they're using slower memory. They're using the kind of memory that draws a lot more current and doesn't create the situation where they have the standby power, where now it can idle for up to 30 days. But if you use a 32, you're going to get up to a third less battery life 
and well, idle maybe only for a week. So you're giving up a lot. And they cited tests, a couple of journalists out there, Mac journalists, cited tests of PC gear with 32 gigabytes to demonstrate that the battery life is inferior. So uh, that argument makes sense to me. I read somewhere, actually, I can identify where if you like, uh, I guess a competing publication for both of us. I think it was Digital Trends Review yesterday saying that uh, the Intel processor that Apple chose is a 28 watt versus 15 watt, I think is much more uh, typical. So the point is it gives more power, but it also draws more power. And so you uh, start to tax the memory system as well. And yeah, I could see how that actually could be a problem. And Apple is right to prioritize battery life uh, over performance. I mean, this is not an an underperforming. I mean, this is a sophisticated uh, you know laptop. A lot of lot of power here. Your battery life does matter. That's why I'm complaining about it. <laughs> and and again, in prolonged use, I may find that uh, you know things will sh- will shake out and, and be okay. But we'll see. It could be, as I said, an operating system issue. Because I did mention the other review where they got eight and a half hours. But tests are one thing and using it is another. You know what I mean? No, I understand that. And obviously, you'd have to look at their test pattern over there at Laptop Magazine and see whether Mark Spoonauer and Avram Pilch are doing something that uses less juice than what you do in your kind of work. And I don't know. I haven't looked it up. And that's something to look at, because obviously, as even Apple says, your mileage may vary. So you kind of agree, it sounds to me, like the 16 gigabyte limit, all concerned about the pricing and hope that will come down. The thing, obviously, that's good about the MacBook Pros is the one you have can drive a single external 5K display or two 4K displays. The 15 inch can drive four 4K displays and two 5K displays. And certainly the only people who would care about that I assume, would be professional users. Who probably would want that extra memory. Yeah, and then, of course, Apple has a much faster solid-state drive that might compensate as such because then it makes virtual memory faster. Right, right. Like I said, I'm not disappointed with the performance. I did actually go into the Apple Store to see what options I I might have and uh, came back with a kind of a mixed response, by the way, because I... I thought maybe I should um, consider the 15 going to the quad core, but it was just too large for me. And then it turned out there was a question of whether I was actually within my return policy or not. I ordered I, I ordered on the day that you could order, which I think was October 27th, but I didn't receive the laptop until November 15th. So I was in the Apple store to look at a possible exchange within 14 days of receiving the laptop, but... It actually had, had ordered sooner. So there was a little question there. Then it got hazier where they have this uh, extended return period for the holidays starting November f- uh, 10th. So did I qualify for the extended period because I received it after uh, the 10th or not because I ordered it before then? And actually, they couldn't answer that for me in the store. So um, That's goofy. I think, it, to be fair to customers, you count the day they got it. I would think so too, and I, I probably that's what they would do in the end. And I, I would I would have considered getting another thirteen, um, swapping this one in, and maybe going for the core i the uh, the i seven, but uh, hoping that that would make me feel better about the the laptop. But you you, <laughs> you can't get them. I mean, they're back ordered. So 
well, I'm going to stick with what I got. I'm not going to do the, the the 15, even though they had them in stock. I could have I could have walked out the door with one. Well, look at it this way. Wait till next year. See what Apple comes up with and then buy whatever's there. I, again, expect the prices will be less because I'm looking at the MacBook Pro history. I'm also right, looking right. at the 27-inch iMac with 5K Retina display, which went down by several hundred dollars over the first couple of years of its existence. Well, I mean, it's how Apple typically operates, where the uh, the they they take the greater margins up front um, when they have a new a new product, and also they have more expenses. I mean, they you know this thing shipped from China directly; they built it there, sent it to me uh, directly from there. You know, got FedEx delivery, um, so you have increased shipping costs, which. Apple bears to get these new iPhones and and laptops into the the customers' hands, and so there's some. But then, as the economies of scale, you know, go up, they got the manufacturing for a while, the new model, new design, um, and more people buy them, uh, then the prices come down. That's what we're doing. We're paying the early adopter tax. You buy it the first year, yep. you pay the early yep. adopter tax. You wait till next year. Price comes down a couple of hundred dollars. I expect the MacBook, the basic MacBook, which is the low-end Mac portable because they're kind of phasing out the air, that's going to come down a couple of hundred dollars, too. We've got more to come with Joe Wilcox. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Eye Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah! No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons Now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-848-6333. That's 800-848-6333. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. 
I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the mineral doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Would it be okay if you had two paychecks instead of one? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy and myself, want to show you how to get an extra paycheck every month, creating an extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription. Prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Okay, before we go on here, just one more question about Apple, then we'll get into Microsoft and other topics. Obviously, people who own Mac desktops feel dissed. They didn't get satisfaction. There's no new iMac. There's no new Mac Pro. There's no new Mac Mini. In fairness, correct me if I'm wrong, I said it earlier on the show, the quad-core KB Lake chips, the new generation, aren't out yet. They're supposed to ship in week 51 of the year. Am I wrong about that? You know what? I don't know. I thought we had some seventh-generation uh, chips. Oh, you mean for the desktops, not for the mobiles. Well, on the um, mobiles, I know they got the dual cores I saw. I don't know if their right. desktops are mobile. I know the Xeons, the KB Lake generation of Xeons, were only shipping in quad-core. And, of course, to use for the Mac Pro, they're going to want 8-core and 12-core. Right, So that's right, not right. ready yet either. And that's Intel's fault. Maybe Apple should switch all to ARM, although I think that's ridiculous for lots of reasons. Yeah, I agree with that as well. It's ridiculous for lots of reasons. So, Just very briefly, folks, reason one having to force developers to undergo another processor change. Number two, the virtual machines right now, by having Intel processors, you get virtual machines on Macs. They're almost as good as a native Windows machine, except for gamers. And number three, even if you offer emulation for existing software, as Apple would do, it would slow it down. I don't think PC growth patterns 
makes sense for Apple to have that kind of investment. This way, even if they have to release a product late, let Intel do it. Not only do I agree, but I'll say there's a lesson here. Microsoft went ARM uh, with Windows, uh, was it Windows 8, I guess it was. Well, an RT version or something like uh, the that. The RT of the Surface, right, which, sure. which didn't do well, caused a lot of uh, hardship for the, for the developers, and uh, was killed off. There's your lesson for Apple. It's your cautionary tale about why ARM is a risk. You, it's one thing to, to have uh, the architecture in your, your mobiles, your tablets and phones, whatever. It's a whole other thing to put it on the, on the desktop. Hey, I want to say something else, if I may, about uh, actually the MacBook with a non-touch. I really think Apple missed an opportunity. I would not have called that thing the MacBook Pro. You know, in business, and particularly uh, Apple, so much is about perception. Apple would have benefited by calling that uh, the MacBook Air. Even though it looks the same as the other ones, you just slap the Air moniker on it, and then it would have been like, wow, this is what we've been waiting for. People would have been just ecstatic about the Air upgrade. It's got the Retina. It looks so cool. It's like the MacBook, only better. I I think it would have uh, quelled a lot of the criticism around pricing and around the Pro maybe not being as much different as a lot of people had hoped it might be. Well, they also can call it the poor man's MacBook Pro. But right now there is a MacBook Air replacement already. It's called MacBook it's underpowered. I mean... Um, so is the original MacBook Air. Yeah, but you don't want to go down. In other words, it's one thing. I mean, I own the original you know, MacBook Air. I bought one in, what, 2008, I guess it was. When it, sure. Is that when it came out? 2008? Right. 2008. And, uh, well, in fact, we still have that uh, kicking around, even though it, it's uh, unsupported for, I guess they call it Mac OS upgrades uh, three, what, maybe three generations ago. But that's a whole, whole other thing. But you'd be going up in terms of the keyboard and the display, but going down in performance with respect to the the MacBook and uh, the Air. At least that's how I look at it. Their argument there was strictly about the lowest power chip. And I agree the Core M is too low power, except I had read, because I haven't worked on it myself, the 2016 was more acceptable than the 2015 then again, for the kind of work a lot of people might do in a very thin, light notebook, it may not make much of a difference. I don't know. Then you buy something like a Chromebook. If you, I mean, if you want a really low power, or and I say low power not in terms of electricity, but actually performance chip, then you get something a lot cheaper. Um, you don't buy something as expensive as the, as the MacBook. Exactly. Let's move to Microsoft, partly because I saw this piece on Beta News, Microsoft shares Windows 10 telemetry data with third parties. Sounds like they're getting into Google space there. You could infer that. And I, I think it's, it's hard to say how far Microsoft will go. Remember, Microsoft does have, you know, Bing, right, a search engine like Google. And there's a, a lot of reasons why they, you know, might share data. On the other hand, it's all about who the third parties are. You may want to share some telemetry data with your developers, uh, with respect to the operating system and how the uh, users use that operating system, which can benefit the applications and, and how well they perform. It's all a question of what's in the data. Do we know any clue at all? I don't. <laughs> but that's uh, because I'm not as informed as I should be about it. 
Well, there have been lots of debates about the extent to which Microsoft grabs data from Windows 10 users. But the thing that bothered me over the first year of Windows 10 existence is the insidious way I think they forced upgrades on you. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. And uh, certainly a lot of uh, you know end users have complained about it. Anyone that uses Windows for, for a business, like a small business, is more likely to get caught off guard by the upgrades, the forced upgrades, than a, a larger business where things are a bit more managed. You know, then suddenly your real estate uh, store or your little shop selling, you know, tchotchkes is down because of an upgrade and incompatibility with your, you know, QuickBooks or your point of sale or, you know, whatever. That's a problem. Uh, on the other hand, I understand that Microsoft is very concerned about security and there's a lot of problems with people not updating and because they don't update, uh, they get hacked. It's two sides of a coin. It, on the one hand, I understand the the problem for, for some users, but I think in the long term, and I hate to say this, uh, that Microsoft is right to push people to uh, to upgrade. Yes, but you know, if you're just sending a patch out for a security update, and we expect Microsoft is going to really push that. But when you just upgrade people, unwanted, unexpected, to a new operating system, that's, I think, a step too far. And one blatant example, not just a business, but a radio show, the Tom Hartman radio show, and it's a syndicated talk show. And he was on the air and they use a PC to work with checking commercials when they have to be done, scheduling, and also integration with the phone system. So when people call up and want to talk to the host, he sees this on the PC, except for one day it was upgrading while he was on the air to Windows 10. <laughs> you know, he was saying, gee, where's a Mac? Let me get a Mac and give this up. I think part of the problem is here is that the software they use for that purpose may not be available in Mac form, but they could use it under Parallels desktop or something. This is where it got bad. Microsoft needed to be more proactive in letting people on as to what they were doing and what the result would be. Not that you selected software downloads, Because you expect to have patches. There's something here that could cause a security vulnerability, and therefore you get the patch. You don't get the full operating system, and it shouldn't come when some people are working. Because I know there's one person out there, you might remember this story, sued Microsoft and won $10,000. Got Joe Wilcox. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Today, living in the United States means that your online privacy is at risk. Regaining that privacy means going abroad. Privacy Abroad offers secure online privacy because our servers are located in Switzerland, a safe haven for digital communications. As a law-abiding citizen, you have nothing to hide, but you certainly have something to lose. Regain your Fourth Amendment rights and your peace of mind. Go to patriot.privacyabroad.com now. That's patriot.privacyabroad.com. Don't know what contaminants are lurking in your water? Time to get a ProPure. Take advantage of ProPure's holiday sale. Save 25% on all ProPure water filter products. Sales good through December 31st. There's a ProPure water filter for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com.
For P150, P150 GA, P150 NY, P150 OK, P150 TN, C250 A, C250 E, C250 Q. Not available in all states. If New York or Colorado, call for a similar offer. What's the scariest thing about going to the dentist? Opening your mouth or opening your wallet? Because just a simple cleaning can cost $100, and things like root canals can cost you hundreds more. If you don't have dental insurance to help, call Physicians Mutual Insurance Company, 1-800-656-4939. This isn't a discount plan or preventive-only coverage. This is real dental insurance that helps pay for checkups right away. So you can call today and get your teeth cleaned tomorrow. Plus, it helps cover the more expensive procedures you might need down the road. Fillings, crowns, bridges, even costly dentures. There's no deductible and no annual maximum. Your acceptance is guaranteed for one of these insurance policies, even if you're retired. There are no networks, so you can choose any dentist you'd like. Call now for a free information kit with all the details. 1-800-656-4939. That's 1-800-656. 1-800-656-4939. Attention small business owners. Want to save money on your employee health insurance plan? Learn the little-known solution that could save thousands of dollars on your health insurance benefits and save your employees money, too. Call Health Markets for a free consultation, and one of our 3,000 local agents will show you how to make health care reform work for you. We'll design customized solutions for your business that can lower health care costs for you and your employees. We'll work directly with you to determine your needs. We search thousands of health plans from over 180 health insurance companies nationwide. You'll also find out if tax credits could save you money. Best of all, the service is free of charge. See why Health Markets has enrolled Americans in more than 2 million insurance policies. You don't have to wait for open enrollment to lower your cost. Call now. Find out how much you and your employees could be saving. Representatives are standing by to assist you. Call 800-930-5137. That's 800-930-5137. 800-930-5137. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So, just to sum up with Joe Wilcox here, he says, you know, which is true, that you want people to take advantage of the latest stability and security improvements. But a whole operating system upgrade from version 8 or whatever to version 10, that's too much. You know, I agree. And also I can see it from Microsoft's perspective. When I was an analyst, we saw very consistent trends where people just don't upgrade for, you know, lots of reasons. Businesses are risk adverse. Uh, Consumers don't know enough to do it. 
And if you're starting to think of your operating system more as a utility, uh, it kind of makes sense to uh, to up you know to upgrade it or to get people on the newest thing. Also, Microsoft is looking at its competition. You have uh, Google, which has had tremendous success with Chromebooks, or its third parties have had tremendous success with Chromebooks and markets like education, which is coveted. If you have people using you know, Word and Excel uh, in school, they may continue to do that when they're grown up. But if they're using Google Docs instead, what are they going to use? And if that's what they're sharing and uh, as well... So you got all these Chromebook, which upgrade automatically, seamlessly, without a lot of disruption. You have uh, Google always regularly keeping Chrome OS on the newest version. Microsoft wants to compete with that. The problem is Google's uh, services and extended capabilities are all in the cloud. Things are just aren't as taxing on the operating system as is the case with Windows, where you have a lot of things that are running locally, a lot of uh, things are inter- interconnected, integrated, whatever. And so you change A and you have problems, you know, B, C down to Z, which aren't always anticipated. I see the point from both ends of the scale here. But in terms of the Chromebook, certainly Apple's presence in education has been really, really hurt as a result of Chromebooks. And, of course, a lot of it is the fact that school systems don't have any money. You know, a lot of them are broke, and they can't afford paying even for an iPad anymore, six, $700, or even $500, when they can get a Chromebook for 150 It's true. And it isn't just they're getting the Chromebook. They're not buying the software because they can run all the Google stuff in a browser. And so there's no extra cost for Microsoft Word or Microsoft Office, for example, and uh, photo editing, all of this stuff can be done in the browser. Is it super fast on a $150 Chromebook? No. Is it good enough for education uh, where you got kids screaming and can't pay attention, you know, any overcrowded classrooms where things may move slowly anyway? Yeah, it's probably good enough. So does Apple have any hope anymore in the educational market? Does anyone Uh, other than Google? Well, it's all a question of also where we're going in the education market. It's, uh, I, I, you know, Chromebooks are a nice utility, but at some point, you know, tablets are going to become even more affordable, more capable. The tablet market, definitely uh, the shipments are down. I think IDC or Gardner, I think it was IDC, uh, said shipments were down 14.7% uh, year over year in the, the third quarter. Uh, Apple was down a little over 6%, so quite a bit less than the overall market. But, you know, tablets aren't in demand uh, like they used to be. But what happens when education goes the next step where you don't buy Chromebooks at all because your kids all have uh, smartphones and you begin to look at what you can do? I mean, they're on those devices all the time anyway. What you really need is an education cloud or local management system that taps into the phone and allows that to be the utility that the kids use to get information, to do homework. And I think there's a very good possibility with the right entrepreneurs advancing in the right way to develop something that is for the smartphone that any kid can use without buying a Chromebook or anything else. Well, that would be the next generation they'll supplant even the Chromebooks. Exactly. And it's something that the kids already have. And if they don't, 
then the uh, schools could provide programs for you know buying a cheap phone uh, and service uh, that the kids could use. Well, certainly they would have to set it up in a secure way so the students can log into the system. Yeah, there are lots of ways that you could do that. And again, if we're talking about the cloud anyway, if all the stuff is in the cloud and your authentication is through uh, a Microsoft account or a Google account, which might have two-factor authentication, whatever, I mean, that's what they're doing now. I mean, if you're using a Chromebook, you're not running applications locally. You're doing it in the cloud. You're, you're already authenticated. That is your security. You can do that on, on a smartphone just as easily and a lot of ways better because you can run apps locally. Uh, that would be very beneficial to the student. Well, school systems would love that. It'd be a lot cheaper than having to give the kids hardware and yeah. expecting that hardware to ever come back in useful form. Yeah, of course, if you crack the screen in your I, I, so think of think of all the excuses for not. Get, well, you know, the the uh, the dog ate my uh, homework excuses. I, I cracked the screen on my iPhone. I, I couldn't couldn't complete the assignment. Well, that's their responsibility. You know, it's a matter of, OK, do you have a warranty on it from your carrier or from Apple Care or whoever or from one of the third party services? So that's no excuse either. I, oh, I agree. I'm just throwing it out there. It's like I can sure. just imagine all the all the kind of scenarios that, that can develop. But again, I, I think it's you got to think about it. When we think of education and learning, it's with well, these kids already spending so much time on these phones already and so many of them possessing them already. I, I'm amazed that no one has uh, thought about capitalizing on that to save money on equipment uh, and to provide uh, even more utility. The kid may only use the Chromebook in the in the classroom, might take it uh, home with them sometimes to use, but that phone, they're on all the time. You can be sure. Exactly. And then what happens when you start integrating uh, services like Snapchat uh, into uh, into the whole education uh, learning, learning uh, mechanism? Why not? Well, anything you can do to cut the costs for school systems, I think with the right presentation and the right marketing, it'll appeal to them. Yep. <laughs> Spend money on learning, not on equipment. Well, or teaching, certainly... excuse me, on teaching. Sure, sure. Speaking of concerns, since we talked about it briefly, did you folks cover much that recent attack at Dyn DNS, the DDoS attack? Um, you know, a little bit. Uh, I mean, obviously, it was a. Uh, that's the one where the uh, the DNS servers were, were compromised that affected a large part of the Internet. That's correct? That's the one that affected PayPal. It affected Netflix because a lot of companies are using a firm like Dyn, which is based, up, right. I think, in New Hampshire, for their DNS. They don't just use what the web host provides. And so by targeting that particular place, they got some pretty heavy-duty sites now. I think the question is, is is how many of them have switched to another service? You know, who's uh, the DNS provider uh, that uh, survives? Uh, I know I'm not sure if, if Google um, provides uh, a, a DNS servers to the to, to uh, third parties or not. I know that my uh, Google OnHub, uh, my Wi-Fi 
router here connects to um, to a Google uh, DNS server for whatever that's worth. But but back to this whole you know the question you asked. I think we've learned uh, during the last uh, six months, maybe more than than ever, uh, how uh, vulnerable is the uh, in- internet internet infrastructure. Uh, this uh, the this this attack is one the hacking of uh, uh, the the DNC and and others other uh, uh, companies or other organizations shows that there's there's a lot that hackers can do to uh, to affect um, the the internet infrastructure and our and our lives. And not to frighten people, but there are some people who say that the internet attacks can only get worse. We got more to come with Joe Wilcox. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's l-e-m-k-e soft dot d-e slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if there were no contracts, no activation fees, no tracking, tracing, or draconian gimmicks? All on America's largest 4G LTE networks. Introducing PixWireless.com. Activate your Sprint, AT&T, and unlock GSM phones instantly. Bring your own device and make the switch today. Here's how. Call or click 1-800-205-9513 or PixWireless.com. Spelled P-I-X. PixWireless.com. By now, you know that wireless technology like cell phones do, in fact, pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. This is Ben Gordon, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-290-8480. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-290-8480. That's 1-800-290-8480. 
My name is Lee and I'm 41. I've been using One World Wave for two and a half years now. I suffered a bulged L4 and L5 disc from a car accident three years ago, and since that time I've been unable to walk long distances, do any minor lifting or just normal activities with my children without having severe back pain. Since I've started using One World Way, I've been able to walk more, engage in activities with my children, and have less lower back pain. One World Way has helped me regain back my strength, confidence, and have a healthier life. I've noticed a weight loss of about 20 pounds, my A1C dropped 2 points, and I have more energy now. One World Way has helped me regain back my life. The results for clients on One World Way have surpassed the results for most any other supplements as well as all other whey protein powders. One World Way is non-denatured and frequency encoded. We believe the frequency encoding increases your body's production of glutathione and energy production. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Joe Wilcox hanging his hat at betanews.com. And we're talking about security now. The DDoS attack against Dyn DNS, where they're flooded with bogus traffic, bringing down many sites. And we have the hacking of the DNC. And now, as a matter of fact, there's a group of people out there, security experts, who are saying that maybe some of the voting machines in several states may have been hacked and they want recounts from the election. I don't know whether that's just politics or whether it's real or not or whether it's even possible or not. I've been looking at those stories as well, and there's a couple couple ways to interpret the data. Well, first of all, as we're recording, by the time I guess you broadcast, we'll know whether anything's happened because the first deadline, I believe, in one of those states is the uh, 25th. If there's nothing filed, then nothing's going to happen. There's three states uh, that they're looking for the recount. My understanding is that there was a difference between the uh, the paper ballots and the electronic uh, ballots significant enough statistically to wonder about it. Uh, and you could argue that it was hacking. Uh, but also, I, it could be infi- efficiency. It may be that the digital the voting machines were easier for people to understand and vote for the candidate that they preferred, that they weren't as confused. So it could be a statistical anomaly. It could be hacking. Or it could be that the, the voting machines were just better than the paper ballots, and, and that's what's going on. As we do this, one third-party candidate, Jill Stein of the Green Party, has raised millions of dollars to pay for this recount. Now, in Pennsylvania, there's a basic deadline that's passed, but I think they can file in court. That's their limitation. In other states, it's in Michigan and Wisconsin. Now, just to point out here, if they overturn the vote in those three states, 
there's a different president if you just add the total of electoral votes. And I think the big concern there, of course, we get back to politics here, that Hillary Clinton is leading by over 2 million votes, but losing in the Electoral College. And that's a separate argument by itself. That well, you can look I mean, at. It may seem unfair, but that's how the system was designed. And if you don't like the system, change it. Change the Constitution. Is there evidence that voting machines were tampered with? And I think they're focusing on the electronic voting machines, whether they right, could have right. been hacked in some fashion. We don't know. It doesn't no. hurt to test it and see. We don't lose I, anything. If they find out that Donald Trump is still president-elect, fine. If they find out they have to overturn the election, well, that's also fine because... We're getting the accurate result. Either way, test the system. If someone's willing to pay the money for court actions or to file with state election commissions, let them do it and let the chips fall. And that's what I think. I think if Hillary Clinton wants to do it, that's one thing. When the third party's stepping in, uh, you have to think of what's good for the republic. And do we really want to have a situation like we did you know, 2000, where there was tremendous uncertainty and the Supreme Court had to step in. And again, there we had a candidate that a similar situation where one candidate won the popular vote and the other one became the president. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the electoral college system, but I also understand uh, some of the, the reasons for it. And one of those is you have certain states like California, where I live, which have a huge population and largely go for one candidate. The, uh, le- one of the benefits of the Electoral College uh, is it allows the count to be uh, uh, gathered in the different states. So if you win a majority, a, 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 the popular vote in a majority of states as an aggregate, then in theory, uh, that's more accurate than the whole thing in total, where a few states with large populations can swing it one way or the other. In fact, Trump said, if I knew that, I would have campaigned more in California and New York to get the votes. This is what would happen. The very large states would create a tyranny of the majority where if you just vote in a couple of states, you win the majority of votes. doesn't matter what the people in Wyoming or the people in Wisconsin think. Yeah, that's the downside of getting rid of the, uh, the Electoral College system. And of course, we're talking about Trump being, being president-elect, but until those uh, electors you know, cast their votes, you know, nothing is, is really certain. And it'll be interesting to see how things play out over the next few weeks until they actually do vote. Now, in a number of states, more than half the states, there's no penalty if the electors choose a different candidate. They could say, we're not going to vote for him, we'll vote for her or a third party. No penalty at- to them at all. In some states, there is, and maybe they'll say, you know what? Let the chips fall. Well, right now, uh, I assume Michigan is has Michigan. Michigan has not been called yet. Is that correct? Michigan has, but the margin is like ten, twenty thousand. So it's called for Trump in Michigan, Trump in Pennsylvania, which also is a very slight margin. It's like seventy thousand out of millions of voters. And then there is Wisconsin, which has not been called, and the margins are very close. Again, like less than ten thousand votes. So it is possible here for those things to be turned around where Michigan and Wisconsin go for Clinton. But Trump still wins. Even if he loses those states, he still wins. Pennsylvania, though, if for some reason Pennsylvania and those two states were called for Clinton, it overturns the result. The chances where you have a 10,000 margin are probably equal. 
Yeah. When you have like 70,000 voters, like in Pennsylvania, and one of the deadlines has already passed, it's not so simple. And there has to be a lot there. The question also is how many votes, absentee ballots, provisional ballots need to be counted? And also, if they're looking for evidence of hacking of electronic voting machines, right, right, you basically have to have people go in there and look at hundreds or thousands of voting machines for evidence of a virus. And is it the kind of virus that will insert itself, do its duty, and then delete itself? I don't know. It's pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy. And the last I checked, his count was 290. So, so even if Pennsylvania were out of the picture, he'd win. You have an elector or two or even 21 that rebel, it's a different situation. It's going to be a very interesting constitutional issue. Back in the 19th century, they had a situation there where it was a decision of the electors, not just what the voters said, a complicated political decision at the end of the Civil War that got one candidate elected president, even though he had the minority of votes and also there was an electoral vote thing there where they kind of switched. So I don't know what's going to happen here. It's a pretty wacky world out there. Unless there's evidence of hacking, very little of it concerns our corner of the world. Joe Wilcox, if people want to know more about the things you do, tell them about it. Uh, Well, they can find me, uh, let's see, at betanews.com. I think it's uh, forward slash author Joe Wilcox. I have a personal website, you know, joewilcox.com. I'm on Twitter, at Joe Wilcox. I'm around and about. You can find me if you look hard, or you don't have to. Your decision, folks. Speaking of finding us, you can find Tech Night Owl on Twitter. We are there. I don't do an awful lot of stuff on Twitter, but I send up announcements on the shows. I send up announcements on my columns at technightowl.com. If you go to technightowl.com, you can check my daily blogs. We also have a weekly newsletter you're welcome to subscribe to. We have a second radio show, and this is the Far Out Show, where we get into conspiracy theories. We get into UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And this week on The Paracast at Paracast.com, we'll be featuring Paul Kimball. He is a gentleman from Canada who does documentaries. He used to be on kind of a ghost hunter show, and I understand that's going to come back. So he has had ghost-related issues. He certainly has some very forthright opinions about UFOs and weird stuff. And he will be featured this week on the Paracast at Paracast.com. And we have the best way for you to support the Tech Night Out Live. And that is to become a member of Tech Night Out Plus. Go to plus.technightout.com. Once again, that's plus.technightout.com. We offer a commercial-free version of this radio show. And it's a little bit shorter as a result, obviously. 41 minutes shorter. Better quality audio so you can hear that great blue spark mic that Joe Wilcox is using in all its glory. All that stuff. To find out more, go to plus.technightowl.com. P-L-U-S dot Subscription rates start at just $4.99 a month. Our price cheap. Joe Wilcox, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me. is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.